The Homance Chronicles. The female equivalent of a bromance. So many poor choices. But so many good takes. But so many poor choices. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing it. The Homance Chronicles. I'm Zara. Why? Every time it's in a Ballard, I freak. I think I panic is what it is. After almost fucking, we're, ca- we're encroaching six years, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm Nicole. I'm Sarah. This is the Homance <laughs> Chronicles. <laughs> Not giving myself grief. I'm just, where does this come from? Like, because I have no literal control over this, obviously. <laughs> It is a strange brain trigger. Like as soon as it says, as soon as the Zoom lady says we're recording, all of a sudden you have to come in with an accent or a song or. It's just stage fright. Maybe. I don't know. I really couldn't (laughs) tell you at this point. (laughs) Um... I really don't know. Maybe it's my main character energy coming through. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta be the star. (laughs) Well, and the fun thing is that I'm just like okay like I don't I don't fight you on the main character energy I'm just like do whatever you gotta do (laughs) well mostly because it's entertainment for you because what the fuck is gonna happen we don't know we don't know and by we I mean you and my brain yeah my body's doing whatever the fuck yeah uh well I've heard other podcasts those like kind of have a tough time with the intros um even if they have guests or there's uh, something scripted that they're supposed to do, it yeah. still it's seems awkward. like it's bumpy for everybody. It, it, you know, honestly, I'm the same way when you pull a camera out to take my picture. I can't act right. And I don't know what that is. It's like a subconscious situation. It's my subconscious main character energy, maybe. I don't know. Well, we're here. <laughs> <laughs> and my story today... <laughs> Is a little bit short. There wasn't a ton of gossip, and not a lot there, of gossip. There were quite a few technical terms. Oh, and I just I didn't have the brain space to go down the path of being able to describe what all these things are, and so I, I'm I'm going to do my best to lay out some of this stuff in layman's terms i can sue chef it i can do some um, googling in the background i got you okay because team effort <laughs> go to romance yeah i typically will say i'm probably going to pronounce these names wrong of people in this case it could be of computer programs <laughs> yeah well technically i'm <laughs> it right now so this might be helpful for me as well I honestly think that you would find this person slash story extremely interesting. And as you know, I always have a way that I come up with the people that I feature. Whoever my hoe of history is has a backstory. Right. I was laying around on my couch yesterday, not having any motivation, suffering from multiple days of having headaches in a row. And... It almost feels like you have a hangover, like my, um, what do you call her? I can't remember the name now. See, this is what happens when you have headaches. Doctor? No. The one who, um, puts the needles in you. 
Oh, you know that? Yes. Not the phlebotomist, not somebody who draws. No, 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 not at the doctor's office. No, the, um, the little tiny needles that they stick in to like remove pain. Acupressure. Yes. My acupuncturist. (laughs) Takes a village (laughs) y'all. My acupuncturist calls, uh, the symptoms that I'm having currently that we're all experiencing together, a headache hangover. Because after you've suffered from them multiple days in a row, it's just like the connections aren't happening. And you do kind of feel like you've drank too much or you went too hard. And now that I'm 40, you know, a hangover can last like three days. So that's where we're at. It's headache hangover, not even from anything fun. Um, And so I was unmotivated laying on the couch and trying to convince myself to do my research and didn't even know who I wanted to pick. I was looking at our list, wasn't feeling inspired. So you're describing asked- my every Sunday morning that I have to do my homework. <laughs> every Sunday morning, I sit in my bed because Seth goes to the gym and I'm not strong enough to go right now. So I'll sit there and fucking vibe out and be like, no, no, no. <laughs> and until I find a hoe that I'm interested in or whatever. Yeah, that's I, then I'll get out of bed. But until then, I really got to pump myself the fuck up to figure this out. Like, <laughs> it's really strange because we have a good list of people. It's not you like really they're do. not inspiring. But for some reason, the, the person you pick has to like speak to you in a way. You so have they have a little can... bit of passion about it. Yeah. So I texted a new guy that I've been talking to and was like, I am supposed to be doing this and I'm not. I don't even know who I'm going to pick. And then he gave me the person. I love this. This is great. He's got another gold star in my book right now. That's two. He didn't even do any Googling. Just this off is the a, top of the de- off top of the dome. He this was is like, the second guy you've gotten this out of, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. Still getting content, so, even if we're not making it. <laughs> yep. Off the top of the dome. He was just like, well, how about her? And I'm like, I don't even know who she is. Oh, my God. I'm so excited right now. Um. So. My hoe of history for today, her name is Grace Hopper, and she's actually Admiral Grace Hopper. Oh, bitch. Already got the goosebumps. (laughs) And the reason that he was familiar with her is because she's known to have coined the term bug when it comes to a computer bug. Oh, this is what I'm talking about. Nerd shit. I love nerd shit. Yep. So she was an American computer scientist, mathematician, and United States Navy Rear Admiral. So, so she, she developed the term bug for not a specifically, code. Yes, but not specifically her. I have the backstory. Okay. I'm just so excited. Continue. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'll keep my mouth shut. I'll hold my questions. So, I mean, points for this guy for like having this dope, you know, badass woman in history right. just off the rip and did I didn't you, even know who she was. I was like, that's embarrassing. Did you um, ask him how he came to answer you with that? Or were you just so enamored by the fact that he had one off the rip? He used to be in the Navy. So I assumed that that was uh, okay. Yep. That would make sense. Cause she was in the Navy. Dots, yep. So I didn't, I didn't probe further. <laughs> <laughs> I made an assumption. That's fine. Um, so she was one of the first programmers of the Harvard Mark one computer. So she was a pioneer of computer programming 
and invented one of the first linkers. So do you understand what you just said? Yes. Okay, good. <laughs> I do. And explain it to the people. <laughs> <laughs> well, ultimately, she developed the beginning stages of what we would consider to be a computer and was able to get it to communicate in various languages and standardize that. Oh, yeah. I mean, is that your interpretation of what I just said? Yeah. <laughs> okay. No, <I'm> just <laughs> no, I know what it is. I'm just making sure you know. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, um, so Grace Hopper was born Grace Brewster Murray on December 9th, 1906 in New York. She was the oldest of three children. Her father was an insurance broker and her mother, it didn't say if she had, if she worked or not. I don't know if she was stay at home mom or what the deal was, but she loved mathematics. And so she definitely passed that on to her daughters. She felt that, uh, well, I guess both of Grace's parents felt that her and her sister should have the same education at the same quality as their brother. Which so, is amazing. Kudos to you both parents like way to have the foresight right so naturally grace was a very curious child uh which continued to be a <laughs> lifelong trait at the age of seven she decided to determine how an alarm clock worked and she dismantled seven of them before her mother realized what she was doing <laughs> and then once mom figured it out grace was limited to have one clock um, <laughs> she went to like early education schools. She attended the Hartridge School in Plainfield, New Jersey, and um, there wasn't a lot of information about her growing up or, uh, I guess her time between elementary and college. So we kind of just skip to the point where she's sixteen. Um, because at 16, she was trying to get into Vassar college. So she was, she was rejected, um, for early admission because her Latin scores were too low. (laughs) Oh dear. You poor soul. Re-up on your Latin, the the dead language (laughs) that nobody is going to speak to you in fucking ever, ever. (laughs) Yeah, I know. She did go the next year, though, when she was 17. So she ended up going at more of a (laughs) typical age, but it was still technically early. I mean, yeah, because what you start college at 18. It depends on like for for me, I started at 17 because my birthday is at the end of summer. I I think I started while I was turning 19. Yeah, I was, I was really young. Um, that works anyway. So she ended up graduating Phi Beta Kappa from Vassar in 1928 with a bachelor's degree in mathematics and physics. And then two years later, in 1930, she married New York University professor Vincent Foster Hopper. So. Right. 
that's where her last name Hopper comes from. Mm-hmm. Her maiden name is Murray. Um, so even though they ended up getting divorced in 1945, they were married for 15 years. Um, she kept his last name because she never married again. The whole taking of the last name thing is still such an interesting conversation to this day. But continue. Nah, neither here nor there. I'm going to assume, though, that she also didn't want to change her name back to her well, maiden name at that point because she had such an established career. Right. You know? She spent 15 years being one person. You don't want to like, ruin it. So, uh, in 1931, Grace actually started teaching at Vassar shit okay but while she was teaching there she continued to study at yale oh how the turntables <laughs> oh you want me to educate the student body don't mind if i do double dipping over here <laughs> <laughs> so she actually earned her phd in mathematics from yale while being a professor at master like what yes the fuck it's insane yeah and it makes me wonder too like how has the course changed to have allowed that back then versus like it's almost practically impossible for somebody to do that now without like losing their noodles so like was it really i can't imagine it was super easy but was it that hard like i feel like we put so much pressure on ourselves right now well the world was different there are way less distractions well yeah like no cell phones i mean you can be in a library for hours not know somebody's needing you right like oh that sounds nice (laughs) i remember those days of unknowingness minus those (laughs) yeah she was um one of the first women to also earn that type of a degree and i think that that gave her you know gumption yeah um even now we hear about the first time that a woman's a CEO of a particular company or the first time that a woman has competed in something and done it faster than a man in the same sport or the first time, like any time that that weight is there to perform, it seems like it gives women the extra drive to complete these things that sound pretty impossible. Yeah. Challenge me, motherfucker. We are the, we are the pettiest version of anybody on this planet when you tell us we can't do something all right oh yeah doesn't matter what kind of female you are i'm sorry you can be super soft and in your feminine you are still gonna be like "Mm, watch me Mm -hmm. every time yeah all you need is a man to tell you you can't do it (laughs) yep and then boom you watch that femininity go right to fuck you (laughs) yeah boom you've got a doctorate from real Tell me I can't do something again. <laughs> right? Come at me, bro. <laughs> um, so Grace actually tried to go into the Navy in early World War II, but she was turned down um because she was 34, so that was too old to enlist, and her weight to height ratio was too low, actually. She was like a she was... tiny little thing. Oh, she was too little to go to combat. Yeah. So, Honey, they're gonna pick you up and throw you like no <laughs> yeah so she was denied on the basis as well that her job as a mathematician and mathematics professor at Vassar college was also valuable to the war effort so if she just continued to do what she was doing she was still contributing um 
However, again, tell a woman they can't do something. And boom, mm-hmm. here we go. In 1943, she gets a leave of absence from Vassar and is sworn into the United States Navy Reserve. Yes. Yes. So this is a little bit different than just joining the regular Navy um, because it was a voluntary emergency service. So she was actually one of many women who volunteered to serve in the Navy WAVES. WAVES stands for Women Accepted for Voluntary Emergency Service. So that was her workaround. Hey, you got to do what you got to do. And she's like, oh, looks like I'm here every day. Fuck you all. (laughs) (laughs) A hundred percent. And she really wanted to go into the Navy because that's where her grandfather's branch of service was. So it was a family endeavor slash connection. Um. However, because she was so small, she did have to get an exemption and she was 15 pounds below the Navy minimum weight of 120 pounds. She was 105 pounds. Oh, there's dogs bigger than her. What? Yeah. (laughs) 105 pounds. Oh, my God. She was just itty bitty teeny weeny. Yeah. Like that's that's like peach sized. Yeah. But maybe even smaller. Holy shit. So she had to get that exemption somehow. I don't know how she did it, but she got it. And then she reported in December and trained at the Naval Reserve Midshipman School at Smith College in Northampton, Massachusetts. So while she was studying there, she, of course, graduated first in her class. In 1944, she was around 38. Because, duh. Fuck with me. (laughs) Right? I know. Talk about pint-sized power. (laughs) Seriously. Amazing. Um, Small but mighty. Uh, So she was assigned to the Bureau of Ships Computation Project at Harvard University as a lieutenant. um, But she was like a junior grade. So her team worked on and produced the Mark I, an early prototype of the electronic computer. Mm-hmm. Grace ends up writing a 500-page manual of operations for the automatic sequence-controlled calculator. So she basically outlined the fundamental operating principles of computing machines. Yeah, your operating system, basically, mm-hmm. like the the workflow of what triggers what and what's the response Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. shit i love her yeah so that's why i i felt like it was important to really dig into this whole like did she come up with the bug term because that's seriously if you google her what comes up under her name Mm -hmm. (laughs) i mean which but i don't even think is that important like that what i said before is more important important right you know but the fate the phrase the term bug is so heavily official in this industry there's literally no confusing it there have been operating systems built for tracking bugs just to track bugs like it is a huge huge word that's universally known in it so like for her to come up with something that 
eventually whatever that it is like mm-hmm. it's a big fucking deal just as big as any of the other shit because she's still in everybody's mouths to this day yeah i still felt like it was more important that you knew that she actually like is the genius behind how a computer works oh, no i think that's also super very <laughs> super important so but they're gonna bastardize it so i know i know so while she was working on actually the Mark II computer at, How- or at Harvard University in 1947, her associates discovered a moth that was stuck in a relay and impeding the operation of the computer. Like a, a literal, literal moth. Bug. Yes. Oh, yeah. So upon extraction, <laughs> the insect was affixed to a log sheet for that day with the notation. First actual case of bug being found. <laughs> it was literal. <laughs> My God, I wonder if anybody I work with knows this tidbit for life. I will be announcing if it you, tomorrow in the office. If you Google it, you could see it. I'm so excited right now. So if you, um, well, I don't know. Maybe it's not if you google it but it was definitely i think in the wikipedia um there's a picture of like the notes and of the moth like wing <laughs> let's see so I mean, she is noted she is noted so her Neither her or her crew num- crew members mentioned the exact phrase like debugging in their log entries. Um, but this is obviously, you know, where debugging comes from. And so, um, yeah, she's credited with popularizing the term. And for many decades, the term bug for a malfunction had been in use in several fields before being applied to computers. So Remarkable. the remains of the moth can be found taped into the group's logbook at the Smithsonian Institution's National Museum of American History in Washington, D.C. <laughs> yep. It's <laughs> so amazing. I'm actually see- looking at it right now. It's so funny. It is. It's very funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a riot. Uh, so wanting to continue to work with computers, Grace moved into private industry in 1949 um initially working with Ecker Mockley Mockley Computer Corporation and then with Remington Road where she oversaw programming for the Univec computer and in 1952 her team created the first compiler of four computer languages so the compiler is the thing that like renders worded instructions into code right so it's the language translator for the computer from english or whatever language to a binary black and white zero one code yes which is a lot yes a lot (laughs) i know (laughs) i know i mean can you just imagine this tiny little thing just spewing out all of these like grandiose ideas and Telling all these huge grown men, like, no, this is how it's going to happen. See, this word is going to equal these 
digits that make up this code. <laughs> right. She's petite, powerful. <laughs> so her reason for designing the compiler was like she wrote this later in life. She said she was lazy. She was like yeah. hoping that the computer or like the compiler would allow the computer program to run so that she could continue just being a mathematician. <laughs> I don't blame her at all. Like we we do this all the time right now. We just continuously find easier ways to survive. Yeah. She's over here fucking creating binary codes for computers. No big deal. Jesus. Binary language even. A whole ass language. Anyway. Remarkable. Right. I mean, she could, like, see into the future. I feel partially she was allowed to do this because nobody else was, like, wanting to take on the task of figuring it out. Probably. They were, like, not la- not lazy. <laughs> Probably. Um. So the compiler was a precursor for the Common Business Oriented Language, or COBOL. Um, so that is the... I guess, adapted language that computers use now around the world. And um, she didn't necessarily invent COBOL, but she encouraged its adaptation. And so that's what allows the computer to respond back to us in words and numbers. So freaking crazy. Yeah. So she lectured all over the place constantly about computers i mean she'd do like 300 lectures a year there's only 365 days i mean fuck yeah um she predicted that computers would one day be small enough to fit on a desk and people who were not professional programmers would use them in their everyday life so cool i know and um she's quoted saying the most important thing I've accomplished other than building the compiler is training young people. They come to me, you know, and they say, do you think we can do this? And I say, try it. And I back them up. They need that. I keep track of them as they get older and I stir them up at intervals so they don't forget to take chances. So she just is like, I love it. She's like, well, I don't know. Can you do it? Can you not give it a try? And then is like a continuous advocate, supporter, somewhat of an instigator of moving things forward. I mean, she's definitely an instigator, but like the best kind. (laughs) (laughs) So um, she she would get asked to speak at all of these events because she was actually very like lively and she had a unique speaking style and she would include like war stories so even though she never went to combat you know she was part of the navy so she would inject like these um these war stories and these like visual comparisons into her speeches and she was like just so beloved that they gave her the nickname grandma cobal isn't that the cutest it's adorable she's just a little thing uh so she retired from the naval reserve in 1966 with the rank of commander, but her pioneering computer work meant that she was recalled to active duty at the age of 60. <laughs> what, in the active, what in the active fuck is she getting ready to do for them is the real question. 
They wanted her to tackle the standardizing communication between different computer languages. Oh, okay. So nothing crazy. Just, you know, another earth shattering (laughs) discovery. Cool. (laughs) No big deal. Get right on that. Uh, So she would remain in the Navy for 19 years. Um, She was promoted to Commodore in 1983. And that rank was incorporated into that of her being rear at rear admiral in 1985. So then two years later, she was awarded with the defense distinguished service medal, which is the highest decoration given to those who did not participate in combat. And at the age of 79, she was the oldest officer on active U S Naval duty when she retired again in 1986. Oh my God. (laughs) But she retired again 20 years later. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> um, so obviously her work with computers not only gained national attention, but she was recognized internationally. So in 1973, she was named a distinguished fellow of the British Computer Society, then the first and only woman to hold the title. After retirement, she retired. Right? Huh? To this day, even, right? I don't know. I'm not sure. After retirement, she returned to the classroom where she taught and inspired students until she passed away. Aww. So, um, although she had many career accomplishments, she actually told her biographer that her greatest joy came from teaching. And um, in 2016 which was after she had passed, she received the Presidential Medal of Freedom, the nation's highest civilian honor and recognition of her remarkable contributions to the field of computer science. For fucking, you mean to the world? Like, um, the world? <laughs> Grace died in her sleep of just natural causes at her home in Arlington County, Virginia, on New Year's Day, 1992. She was 85 years old. And she's buried at Arlington National Cemetery with full military honors. That's so cool. So my sources were Wikipedia, womenshistory.org, Britannica, Biography, and mathshistory.standrews.ac.uk. Yeah, I gotta have one of those in there. That's where you get all the nitty gritty. (laughs) (laughs) Because somebody somewhere knew that bitch personally and so well and i figured that wrote the article <laughs> i figured if you as soon as you heard me say maths you knew yes. that it was a british because we had this conversation in yes. a previous episode where i was like how come they say maths plural and there's multiple kinds algebra geometry yeah. <laughs> more than one hello i mean yes but why didn't that translate over to us we just say math um because we like to fuck the English language likes to take whatever and fuck it. Like they probably did it just purely out of spite. Did you know the term soccer was originated in fucking Europe? But when they came over here with the terminology and saw the Americans adopt it, they're like, ooh, bro, so went back to football. Did you know that? Mm-mm. Yeah, fun fact. Soccer. The term soccer that the British absolutely do not ever use and hate because they call it footy or football it's literally created in fucking Europe. Hmm. The more you know. Yeah. I, <laughs> wish I, I wish I had like 
I'll say a nickel for every time I drop some some dumb knowledge like that. Ten cents is pushing it because it's not always accurate, but I think five cents is accurate. You know, we could accommodate it. I'd be so loaded. Why can't <laughs> I not get through my everyday just like being able to whip? I don't know. You want me to tell you some more fun facts? I got a thousand little bits of shit in there. But I've docked the price for potential inaccuracies. <laughs> yeah. Discounted rate. Uh, this is a 10 cent drop. <laughs> I should right? start saying that. Right. When you've well, got I'm, sources and you yeah, can this quote. This is a 10 cent drop. Right. Google it. Oh, man. Oh, that's funny. So that's the story of Grace Hopper. Grace Hopper. I didn't know. But now I know, and now I'm armed with like enough information to be dangerous tomorrow at work. Ten cent drops all day. Well, once you once you're put in a position to start thinking about how do they call it a bug? Like where did that come from? It is it is very bewildering. Right. Well, in all fairness, I did find another article where this person while you were talking because i was looking up the bug picture and this person that said that the term bug had been decoded out of you know previous years documentation or whatever but i think this is the first known and documented time where it was like an official this is a bug conversation yeah um with her being you know what i mean like it had been used in other references right it was the first time that it had been used when describing a computer malfunction thank you yes <laughs> see that was like a three cent drop uh, good lord but yes oh so that's that freaking love it so much and i love that it's in the smithsonian we can all go see it if we really wanted to it's right next to the disc man <laughs> all you see is shock absorbing technology <laughs> it's quite the leap between that and the disc man but you know i get you takes one to get to the other <laughs> well thank oh, you, thank you well, for I... bestowing all that beautiful knowledge on us yeah, you're welcome. I think that it is at a girl time. It is. Yeah. a girls are where we pat ourselves on the back for something good that we've done or something good that's happened to us. Just like to make sure we end on a positive note. Do you have an at a girl? At the moment? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Yes, I do. So this weekend, I. So, like I mentioned maybe earlier, that I don't necessarily have enough to get to the gym right now. So, Seth has been going when he can on the free time. And I've been kind of, like, hanging around the house doing little piddly shit here and there. So, um, yesterday morning, I was doing my little, you know, cat station chores or cleaning up the basement, doing all that fun stuff. And I was like, ah, crap, I forgot. I had to order these bags. I didn't order them. So, I ordered those. And I was like, wait, I had a litany of other things to order. So, I, like, stopped really quickly checked and ordered a bunch of shit adhd a little bit but then i recircled back to my thing i was doing and actually finished it up so i was very productive yesterday you know 
ADHD and that, all. <laughs> ah, that's good. I hate the thought of ordering something and then realizing that I needed something else and having to place another order from yeah. the same, yeah, whatever, the same marketplace. Right. And so the whole thing bothers me. <laughs> like the extra packaging and pollution and yeah, work all of it. and all of right. it bothers me like to my core I am you know an efficient says the lady who never ever recycled ever no I recycled when I was you know like when I lived at home and when it right. was easy to I only didn't recycle for like five years I know but it was so funny I was like you don't recycle you an efficiency monster you're like no fuck it i don't recycle anything i'm like all right well because cool. they, they made it too they made hard. it so difficult and you didn't have a pickup i understand i get it yeah <laughs> no i know i willingly was like i'm going to hell <laughs> anytime anybody asked me if i had a recycle i'm like no i'm going to hell <laughs> oh, i'm gonna burn that's cool <laughs> hitler and i but yeah for maybe five years of my life Same i didn't recycle fate. Um, now you do so, that a girl. Yeah. So I, uh, I praise you for getting it together and Thank only you. placing one order. And then yeah. if they decide to put it in different shipments or boxes or whatever, like that's on them, but you did yeah. your duty of trying to be I did. a good human and consolidate. I really did. I really did. Thank you for that validation. I needed that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My ad girl is that. On Saturday, I put all of my outside stuff away, cleaned the garage. Oh, wow. Like clean, cleaned the garage, reorganized things, put stuff down at the curb that I didn't want. Like I really went into it. And there was massive, massive spider webs in the garage. I imagine so. And then... Also, on my front porch, I don't go in my front door. I go in my side door. So I don't really pay attention, I guess, to the front porch that often. Mm -hmm. And there were massive, like, these spiders were huge. Oh, God. Huge. Oh, God. So for the front porch, I used the hose. (laughs) Time to bail, (laughs) y'all. Yeah. And then for in the garage, I had to, like, I, I used some raid and then because i did everything like i had the leaf blower out and that spider web was not moving those suckers are strong (laughs) yeah really honestly if you want to avoid those and i only know this because my family is so incessant about making sure the garage is a clean hangout space once every two days you have to go in there with a leaf blower and blow around up there otherwise look they're just going to get worse and worse every other day yeah that's not it's a, it's a, it's too much. It's not happening. But well, they do it, but it works for them. So I couldn't believe how much they were standing up to the hose and the uh, leaf blower. I mean, those are two things that they would normally have to deal with in nature. I know. And rain and hurt. I know, but I, it was like directly on them. <laughs> yeah. They're so not, anyway, they're built to so, last. I, yeah. And I kept giving this spider the warning, like, come on, dude, move. Like, I didn't necessarily <laughs> need to kill them. You know, they're great for, like, 
eating up other bugs and stuff. And if it's outside, <laughs> they're leaving me alone for the most part. Right. So I kept trying to warn these spiders to move and they wouldn't. So unfortunately they died. Maybe, but maybe you have to give them more than two minutes evacuation notice. I did. I blew this leaf blower at the spider web. The spider started moving and then it would move back. It would move away. It would move back. I gave it, I literally cleaned out the entire garage and moved all of my summer stuff in, moved Halloween decorations out. I mean, I gave him hours. That's hilarious. I just love it so much. Before I went and had to get the raid because the sucker would have bit me and it would have been bad. I bet. I imagine so. That correct. Like spiders in Michigan are no fucking joke. I'm sorry. We're not Africa. I'm sorry. Australia. We're not Arizona. We're not any of those crazy places. But let me tell you, these little fox pack a punch up here. They will fuck you up. We have um black widows. We have black widows. We have and spiders. I wasn't and gonna get them. that close to it to know if it was a black widow or not, but it was fucking huge. Yep. And it had similar coloration. So yep. I'm not just going to reach my hand in there and no. clear out a spider web. Like, no, not thank expected. you. No, no. We have brown recluse. We have all of them up here. So I don't blame you one bit. But yeah, so my attic girl is that I did all of that. But I guess really maybe my attic girl should be about how I love animals so much to my core. You're I didn't even want to kill life. them. I was trying to <laughs> warning shot the spider. <laughs> It's cool, man. We So every spring, I have a casual conversation with my household. Literally speak to the spiders and the bugs. And I say, here's the deal. Here are the rules. If I find you in a living space when I'm normally supposed to be in that living space, I will kill you. If you're in my living spaces when I'm not normally there, feel free, man. Your home is my home. I just never want to fucking see you. And it has worked. Not a joke. Since I started doing this. I did it. I started it in college when I lived in this house that was like a farm home that had so much nature in it. And so like I said it, I spoke it into the ether and then I found two spiders in my bathroom and I was like, warning shot, pop, pop, right? <laughs> they didn't adhere. One bailed, one did not. So one had to get sacrificed. But then from that point forward, there were no more spiders in the bathroom ever. Hmm. Or my bedroom. And so I've consistently done it. And, you know, there's been a casualty every year. <laughs> yeah. Somebody's got to go down for something. But they yeah. Learn. You're like, one of you has to make an example for the rest, apparently. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I'm not kidding. My old house wouldn't, you know, when I lived closer to you, there were everywhere. You could see them. And I was, when I'd come home from work, I'd be like, all right, I'm home. And then they would all go away. It was the craziest thing ever. It still is to me. Well, that's what I was thinking, too, is that I was gone for 15 days. Mm -hmm. There was no activity in and out of my garage or in and out right. of my front door. And so it typically wouldn't, these spider webs wouldn't be that massive because there's activity. But I was gone. So they were well, like, we're moving in. <laughs> yeah. No, these spiders at this house I lived in when I had my over in uh, that farmhouse, this one orbital spider would do her web in front of my door every day and every morning i had to open the, like kick the door open 
look to see, make sure she wasn't in the web, and then kick the door open and run out my freaking house as fast as I possibly could. Because mm-hmm. it was either go through one spider web or go through the house of horrors that was a front porch. Certainly not happening. Nope. So I had that was my only option. Yeah. I'm not even scared of spiders, and I really thought I was going to have bad dreams about them. They were so big. Yeah, it's just the ick factor for me. I'm not scared of them. I just don't like the concept of them potentially rooting around in my fucking hair. Well, it is October, y'all. And on that note. (laughs) Well, and my neighbors across the street put up this giant spider decoration for Halloween, too. And I'm just like, (laughs) that's awesome. Uh, Anyway, Mm -hmm. if you liked what you heard today, (laughs) rate, review, subscribe. Rate, review, subscribe. Your friends. You can request a hoe of history. Yeah. What was that? So we're back on it, y'all. Oh, yeah. You can request a hoe of history by emailing us at homeantspodcast at gmail.com or following us on Instagram at homance underscore chronicles. You can DM, comment with a hoe of history. And we still have a closed group on Facebook called the Homance Chronicles, a judgment-free zone that has nothing to do with current content. Uh, but it's, it's just you a good know, time. It's, it's an interesting time. <laughs> it's just a good time. <laughs> you can yeah. also get Homance merch on Etsy. So if you go to NicoleBonneville.Etsy.com, they changed the, the links. You know, you're getting, a, you're getting a smooth way of saying this stuff and then they got yeah, to change they it up on you. Up. Um, so, mm-hmm. I actually, so I have a doormat. It says assholes live here. Mm-hmm. Because I've made all my orders, all the deliveries happened. And all the delivery pictures I've gotten today, they're extended so you can see the assholes live here, Matt. <laughs> that's funny. Yes, it is. That's definitely on purpose. That. It certainly is. They tell their friends. I know they do. Yeah. My favorite one is the um the little Wayne one. <laughs> have you seen that one? It's like No. Oh, I'll have to find it. It's like, hey motherfuckers, how you doing? Or something. I don't it's from one of his songs. It's really funny. Um, anyway, you can probably find that on Etsy too. Um, oh, I seen to I seen to hello motherfucker hey hi how you doing <laughs> <laughs> motherfucker these guys want forty dollars for this shit lucrative anyway. <laughs> yeah you gotta start dropping a lot of ten cent knowledge to add up for your Lil Wayne welcome Matt fuck. <laughs> Ain't nobody coming through that door that needs to wipe their feet on that shit anyway. It could just be laminated for all I care. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I think that's it. Is that it? Yeah, Hoans out.